Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt Show! All right! Episode 153 of Shirt Show! We're talking with Josh from Brick Screen in Florida. Let's go! boner dude it is i think since we hung up i don't know when that was it seems like two years ago but it got, it got to be chaos <laughs> it went downhill it was like it two hours downhill. ago i know like it's been a while so pizza came made the huge error of eating two slices huge and error oh my god how could you dare eat two slices of pizza it's not the quantity it's the quantity of what it was the mm, i don't want to say where we got it from mm. but uh i don't know it tasted really good like it was it was great going down but then i went into like this brain coma then i had to go on on press because we have this job that's failing and i don't know i i tried Sounds to help all right yeah it's every Every job is what I meant to say is, you know, all jobs are failing. And so I just, I think meant this job as in shirt Oh, no, 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 no. Just, uh, dude, it was like every little thing. Uh, and so I used, I would say all of my brain power for the day. I just used up. And so I went and grabbed, I put this in the freezer. It's a little bit icy. I don't know how much caffeine, a little bit of both of those things. And I'm drinking it now. Oh yeah. And I know this is a podcast, but I'm not gonna be able to talk. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds about uh uh sounds about like a good time. Wrong. Sounds about wrong. Right. <laughs> so how about how about up there? I you were outside. Yeah. You moved your office outside. You went outdoors today. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday and today, and I'll probably do it the rest of the week and the rest of the year until it's cold again. Cause it's awesome. Yeah. You know, you could be like John and just move your office up on the roof. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a lawn chair on top of a full extension ladder in the wind. <laughs> that was the sketchiest part. It wasn't that he was on the roof. I mean, that seemed, we were all, we were both like, okay, cool. That's looks beautiful. Fresh air. All I that thought stuff. he had like, I thought he had like an access panel or something. You know what I mean? Like right. stairs that went to the roof or permanent stairs of some sort. Yeah. He's like, no, I have a fully extended extension ladder, like going to the roof from the parking lot. Right. And then he and just carried all down this it. stuff. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, that's dedication cool. right there. I know. And we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. What is it like refurbishing a CTS? <laughs> Is that the like? Are you in the business now? Is that the biz? The next? Yeah, I know. I know everything. I know every possible thing about it at this point. It's basically brand new, right? Basically, yeah. Um. Well, you know, it's it's a good piece of equipment. I've I can't complain about it. It's just I feel like after doing everything that we did, basically, like I mean, we've had the thing for whatever five years and Mm -hmm. zero zero issues for the most part like stupid thing here or there but um no we we haven't had to replace the head we haven't had to do anything crazy and then all of a sudden you know we 
started to get stuff going wrong with it. And it was just, it's like buying a car, you know, when it gets to that certain point where you're like, it's nickel and dime time. Yeah. But I think the larger issue was this chasing the problem because you, right. You couldn't really diagnose it or you were trying to diagnose it over the phone from like remotely with the manufacturer and you're like going back and forth. forth, Okay. Well maybe it's this part. And so you would try that part and then on and on and on. Yeah, the hard part was basically like it's a, it's electronics and it's a computer and it's mm-hmm. troubleshooting. And basically what they want to do is they want to start at the beginning. Like what's the cheapest, easiest part to fix that could fix this? Mm-hmm. You replace it and then you see if it's still broken. And basically like I've had this in a couple different pieces of equipment. Like we had an old dryer, an old sprint dryer before we had the 3000. It was the same thing. Like we literally replaced everything in line until the very end and it was the last part like the most expensive part so the cool thing about doing that and me and brian even said this about the eye image is like we learned so much about the eye image like i learned like all these different settings to do and like all the different parts and what their functions are and like the proper way to maintain them so you're are you saying that you could probably build your own eye image at this I point? Perf- I could perfectly build my own eye image out of lumber at this point. Um, no, I mean, it It sucks. Like, it sucks when it's down because you are in a pinch and it's stressful. Right. And obviously it was slow for a while and it couldn't have happened then. Like, it had to happen when we were busy. So that's oh, cool. Of course. Um, but, you know, it was a learning experience. and. I'm not happy that it happened, but I'm happy that it happened to to the degree of like, now I know what's going on with it. But I also know now, like, you know, it's basically a brand new fucking unit. So when I do decide to upgrade, I feel comfortable selling it to somebody else being like, Mm -hmm. hey, this thing's basically new. Um, Um, By the way, what did your boy do for you during all this? My boy hit up his contacts and mm. got me an, a sweet deal mm. if I want it. Yeah. And like oh. rush, like an inner rush too, like mm-hmm. primed, ready to ship, ready to install the whole deal. Like you could be still might be doing it. Still maybe. Yeah. Still might be doing yeah. it. It's tempting. Yeah. But I was looking out, you know, we were going, I was I sending you. I know you really were. Mm. You were my listening board. You you uh you were there for me. So I appreciate that. And thank you. Um a couple of people reached out. Chris from Denial really helped me out too. He helped me out with troubleshooting a lot. Um just some independent tech people really helped me out. So thank you to everybody. But uh it's working now and it's it's all good. It's all back to normal. The funny thing was is it didn't end up being the eye image. Yeah, was it voltage or something you said? It was voltage. God, that's pissy. That's like, that's the, oh, you know, like you go through all of this stuff with the parts. Although like we literally said, replaced everything. Like I replaced mm. boards, I replaced cables, mm. I replaced encoder strips and print head. Like everything I could replace on that I did other than the two main big boards. But those like if they fail, it just doesn't work. So obviously they're like working. Like literally it's a brand new machine. At this so point. time out. So it was voltage, meaning what? The voltage coming into your building was too high or too low? I think that, 
well on the iimage it's weird like i don't think i've ever seen this on another piece of equipment where it actually has settings where you can drop the voltage or raise the voltage like that it's accepting to do a task and i think the voltage determines like how i might be wrong on this but from what i understood the voltage determines how the like ink pumps are working like the okay. amount of ink that's coming out and our voltage for that stuff was like too high so we ended up doing was... a bunch of tests but the, like i said it it wasn't just the voltage there was other things with the machine like it probably needed a new print head soon because generally they last like two to three years and i'm on like year five so <laughs> replacing it was a, probably a good thing and then like the encoder strip was you know kind of shitty and dirty and whatever so we replaced that so that's cool it's like i did an oil change and a spark plug change and like yeah yeah alt change tune on a car so it's like yeah it was a good tune-up so we did that and then we also like calibrated it super well because it was slightly off with uh bi-directional and mm. it's just it's just tuned up at this point well so all in all sucky situation but i learned a lot and now i know what to do and what not to do and I also know what other options are out there and available and how fast they can get here. So, yeah, hey, good thing. So, hey, thank you for that. But sure thing. Other than that, man, like that sucked. There's a couple other things at the shop that kind of happened and sucked. But like really, this week is beautiful out. I've like I said, I got my laptop. I went out. I've been sitting out on the back deck where we grill and I've been working out there. The last couple of days during lunch, we went out and we played basketball for lunch. So that's been super fun um it's just it's it's all good man like well it's all good i love the attitude yeah but not good energy there mm -hmm. trying so you know i went to accelerate last week yeah. and which was this event that mnr put on and it Tell me was all about it. it was really it was really nice actually you know it was beyond is that what they say? My expectations. It was, it's pretty cool. Like, so you and I have both been on tours. We've both been there. The showroom. Yeah. It has, it's never looked better. They, it, it really is like all functional. They've have one, two, three, four or five presses set up and running. Um, squeegee cleaner. Yeah, here's a, a different showroom now. Yeah. They, you know, how it used to be divided by curtains and stuff. Well, they actually have a more permanent wall. They have a break room. Uh, that's kind of out in the open that you can just go over and chill at and grab yourself a soda or coffee or candy, whatever, you know? Um, anyway, it was really well organized. You know, I was impressed. And so I was proud uh, to be up there. You were invited of course too, but I you had other things going on and I missed you and they missed you and you really should have been there, man. Like I you should have for sure. I, I know, but I was in the middle of all that. I image stuff and I didn't want to leave the shop. Be like, Hey, you know how you guys are in the middle of, a crisis with this thing i'm just gonna yeah. go fuck around in chicago for three days right i get it so. but you lived vicariously through me mm -hmm. and um you know uh it was it was pretty cool and while i was there we went into the they have a polaris set up in its own room and we sat down a guy named mike who was really fantastic artist and really helpful he had chat gpt pulled up and he had I think I uh, ai pulled up and he made 
Oh, it was just like asking. So in our group, there was 25 people. So there's five groups of 25, I think is how they did it. Maybe. Were you in a group with Tony? I was in a group with tiny fish and, um, his team really. So it was, he brought up him and Jeff. Yeah. His partner. And then also, no, his partner is John. Yeah. But I'm saying he brought brought Jeff because Jeff Jeff too. Yeah. Yeah. And those guys were there. And then, I don't know, somebody did a design like, you know, hey, give me some ideas or whatever. And they plug it in and then they you could run that shirt right there and then on the Polaris. And so, like, he said, anybody else? And I said, okay, yeah, hey, right over here. And I said, I wanted, um, hey, make me, can you make me, the original thing was, is could you make King Kong rescuing a tiny fish? And so he plugged that in, only he put in like, oh, you know, um, in the style of like Norman Rockwell, I think is what he did. And mm-hmm. it didn't. And then like other people were shouting out, make it romantic, you know, and stuff like this. And <laughs> or make, make the fish naked and things like this. Like what? Anyway, the, it doesn't, AI doesn't like things like sexual or anything like that. Right. It seems. We just came yeah. down to, um, I think it was King Kong holding a tiny fish. And here is the result it's beautiful so you see the arms look, on the <laughs> yeah why does the fish have arms well i guess tiny fish you know they have arms up there in new york and rochester the fish grow <laughs> arms or something <laughs> they do because of the shit that's in the water <laughs> yeah um but it was uh super fun to do that and just see them that's yeah, pretty of course sweet though like how fast you can produce a tea because i think right. jeff jeff had posted something like that on his personal instagram because we're buddies that like i think he was saying something like concept to actual printed shirt in less mm-hmm. than 10 minutes or it might even been less than that like yeah i would imagine because the ai thing took well anybody can do that and then you take that file and rip it and take it over to the polaris boom it does its thing you know like so the polaris does Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it, I think it, here's what it does. I think it heat presses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Station one, like it goes over heat presses. I yeah. want to say it right after that, it does white. Okay. So it does like the just, it has a basically a digital squeegee do the white. It has ink. two digital squeegees, basically one that does white, does. one that does the top colors. Yeah. So it, this is doing it all in one. And so here's what I forgot to say is it did the pre-treat. So at first it, it, it starts. So you load the shirt, goes over, heat presses, pre-treats, flash, flash. This is probably wrong, but I'm going to get it close. Digital squeegee, (laughs) which is the white ink, flash, flash, heat press, colors, color digital squeegee. Yeah. Flash heat press off pretty sure that's close that's close anyway okay i can't remember it's been um, a while since i've seen but one. the idea is is that you can you can take a shirt put it in the load station and then it goes around and it comes off and it's done you don't do anything you don't yeah. and it looks like it's very good like it's incredibly impressive it's from a distance yeah. it looks just like a screen print you get up close and you can eh, it's really close and then you you touch it and feel it and it's very close very close right and that's the that's the thing that's cool is like i mean it's cool to a degree but it's just things changing is like Mm -hmm. 
us screen printers, we don't go buy shirts. You know what I mean? It's not like we go to the mall and we're buying shirts because well, we're we we wear blanks or we wear shit we printed ourselves. But like if you go to the mall right now and like go to buy a tee, like there's so many digital printed tees. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. transfers and digital and everything else. And it's like that's what people are into right now. Like they don't they just want what they want on a shirt. Like they don't think they really care what the printing type is. Right. Um, well, but I think we were talking our... about this on Jeff's episode, though. Like the cool thing about the Polaris is like you could just have a stack of tees with barcodes, and you could scan it, and it would be like whatever design for that. That's shirt what they were doing. Print. Yeah. So they actually had two Polaris's going. That was in that room, and then they had a Polaris set up outside of their that room, and they were demonstrating how yeah you could just receive an order, put a barcode on the shirt, let it go around, comes through the driver the dryer, and at the end of the dryer. A person could say, oh, well, this, you know, they could tell what the barcode, what shirt that, what order is that is for. And then they could basically just bag it. it. Yeah, ship it. It's gone. Awesome. <laughs> you know, all in, like you said, about 10 minutes. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's really great. I saw um, Maggie, of course. Mm-hmm. And during the, like during the intro, they, uh, M&R brought in their other locations so like they brought in poland for example they did their uh, like a team's meeting you know mm-hmm. and it was pretty funny so her uh, they, they brought yeah so he came on who manages or i don't know poland. if manages the right word president of poland yeah and he was like yeah my um you know my first love was mnr i've been there you know for 33 years i want to say which was crazy long. Um, but my second was Maggie, who's right there. And so she kind of introduced him. Right. It was cool. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was a bunch of, I was probably the smallest shop in that. Like I was, there was a bunch of ballers invited to this thing. And then they said, sure, Kong coming up, I guess, whatever. And so I came up and, you know, um, but that was okay. You know why? Because I didn't, I know that we have consciously decided to be this size. And that we put out good work, and um, that's okay. That's that. That's Probably. sort of our, we sort of talked about this last episode, I think. Yeah. And that, you know, um, how, how did you coming to terms? We're coming to terms with what we really want out of our shop and our life. We are, and you said it really well last time. You said different strokes for different folks. Yeah. yeah. So that's what it is, you know. And um, yeah. it was fun. Met a lot of cool yeah. people. In fact. All in all, uh, it was a good time. And yeah, they're going to do time. another one, I'm guessing, next year? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I hope so. I'm, they better. Um, I'll make it to that one. Fucking Mark Hot. He is the best. Look what he did. Is it the QR code? Yeah. So uh-huh. he made... So this is just on my home screen, and you can change home screens whenever you want, right? So when I was up there at the event, we made this QR code. And so like, if I'm just walking around, and I'm like, hey, yeah, nice to meet you. Here's my contact. Boom. You just put your, hold your camera up to there and ksh. that's super smart. Yeah. Like that's crazy awesome. Right. And so, well, so what I does was, that go to? <laughs> my so it just says, um, oh, I wish I could show you. It has my so it, I put on there like Andy Rudman, shirt Kong slash shirt show, email, phone number. You know what I mean? Okay. So um, it goes to like a landing page or it goes to like it's like an app. It goes to contacts. So like it just, it's almost like sharing a contact. So it just goes to my contact and they instantly have it. They have to save. So like once they get that on their phone, all you do is save to contact. 
and it just goes right into your contacts. And I felt so like smart and young. You know what I'm saying? Like, and every time someone scanned it, Marcotte was looking at you like a fucking creeper from across the room. Like, I told you so. Yeah. I mean, people were like, oh, wow, sick. You know, that was so easy and fast. Who are you? Yeah, you're so smart and young and with it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Frankity Frank, I talked to somebody about Frank today. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you? I forgot to tell you. Okay, yeah, went out to dinner with Frank. I actually just had a mini heart attack. Guess where, w- what kind of place we went to. Just guess. St- steakhouse. A fucking steakhouse. Yeah. I mean, I don't I know. If a, you... I just had a mini heart attack because that day that the show started, Frank called me and I texted him and said, I'm busy right now. Can I give you a call back? And I never called him back. You piece of shit. <laughs> I know. You, you know just, the rule. You just reminded me, and now I'm freaking out because I haven't called Frank back yet. It's been like a week. I'm such a piece of shit. Frank, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I I love you, and I'm just, I'm a mess. Frank, okay? I wouldn't I wouldn't do that to you. I mean, you know, you know, I, I answer the phone call, and I, or we'll call you back within a minute. One minute. God, I'm in such trouble. Um, but uh tiny fish came out too uh we got oh my god i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna confess what the fuck i don't give a shit you know what i didn't get a steak <laughs> i didn't get a steak i was with tony tony's vegetarian i'm like right, yeah let's, let's do this what'd you get so i got a bloated baked potato <laughs> that's that's an appetizer to a steak i know man like whatever fuck off okay it all starts with a screen dylan and whether it's new stretches or restretches frank and his team do it the best to find out more go to graphicscreenfashion.com fffff rank.com or great fucking screens.com mm-hmm. quit fucking around go to frank get the best no brainer no brainer i feel sorry for you if you don't have <sighs> I seriously do. Just, like, I know we're saying that as a joke, but like, I really feel sorry I'm for not, you I'm, I'm and your not shop <laughs> if you don't have Frank screens at this point. Cleaning screens is no fun, but EasyWay makes it way more funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will make reclaiming screens a whole lot easier. Check them out at EasyWay.com. EasyWay. It's the easiest way. Alex called me yesterday. I wanted they to say that to you. as well. He probably called me first, but I want to tell you, he Got probably it. called me because he felt bad. I think that's you what it was. Thought. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 I think on our last episode, I might've said something how you, you actually, you told the story how you and Alex are tr- like planning this trip around the world Epic or whatever. Trip. Yeah. 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 And I wasn't invited. And I think I said, oh, well, I'm going to invite a bunch of your friends to go yeah. <laughs> on a trip or something. And then... Mm-hmm. Maybe he heard that or just maybe he, he didn't even listen. He felt it. He right. just felt it. Like he knew. Yeah, the he actually, the vibrations in the wind, like a butterfly's wings <laughs> hit his mustache. And they oh, just, you know. Yeah. But man, after I hung up with him, I just felt better about life. Something about mm-hmm. chatting with Alex. You know, you, he just keeps just it real. Like, yeah. He's just like a, he's a ball of fun. Yeah. I didn't think that's what you're going to say, but yeah, yeah. That dude. High five. Next, we have 
graphics source. And if you or your art department could use some love, then you need to go to 1900hotstuff.com and get in touch with Nick or Lucas. Or Nick or Lucas. At graphics source and let them run your art department so you could focus on running your business. Guess who bought us some of that pizza? Graphics source? Mr. Nick Wood said, uh, hey, I want to buy your team pizza. I said, well, we're going to need like freaking 20 pizzas. He goes, oh, no, no. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, actually. He's like, no, said, no, 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 I meant I one said, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, actually, I think I texted him. I said, you mean our design team or the whole team? He no, goes, what, you need to do, what you need to do is like a pizza. If you ever went to like a kid's birthday party where they slice it like 35 more times hmm. where you end up getting like that sliver of pizza. Yes. That's what you should have done. That's smart. But I think that, no, he just, I think he did that because those guys get along. Like they're rock stars in there and they are back and forth with the graphic source every, mm -hmm. like all day long. And so we got some pizza. I saw, you know, those guys were up there, by the way. I know. That they were in I was in, FOMO pretty hard. Okay. Well, I, I saw all the pictures of my friends hanging out and mm -hmm. I was just sitting around here. Choosing the right emulsion for your shop is complicated, and that's why we love Chromaline. You need to go to chromaline.com to watch Kev's vids or contact him on Instagram at the emulsion guru and get the answers you need. Yep. Okay. In fact, I just um, heard from Kevin, and you know how we're going to, and I said going to, it wasn't. I didn't say, you know how we're thinking about, I said, you know how we're going to have a shirt show summer camp? Yeah. Well, Kevin's like super in, in. we're just, Fuck we're yeah. trying to get the date. So um, graphic source is in, Chromaline is in, easy way, Alex is in, Frank said, yeah, I'm there. Aviant. Of course, we got to have him because... Well, he's that's where the whole thing was born when we started talking. Right. When we were talking to him, um, Ray is his name, Ray Smith. Yes. Um, and so summer camp, and I think it's going to be in June, late June. Okay. Mm, you need to let me know. We need to pick a date here because I, I got know. a lot of trips. Uh, you're gonna have to cancel them. All right. Uh, okay. Okay. If your shop is like ours and you are running more and more DTF and screen print transfers, then you need a partner that can get you quality transfers fast. Check out Howard Custom Transfers at howardct.com. And while you're there, order yourself a sample pack. And you know what we've been using? You know how, I don't know but like if you're the same way, but we hate printing sweatpants. Even yes. if it's like a hemp, a hemp, 100%. A, hip, a hip print, doesn't matter. Leg print, doesn't matter. Hate. Transfers all day. Howard custom transfers. You know what else is really cool about Howard too? And I go through Candy because she's fucking amazing. Um, but I have been ordering before Howard and different places and and even here, like screen printing my own mm -hmm. uh, neck labels. Mm -hmm. um, I just expected to get a roll or like sheets of neck tags. They're fucking all cut. No. Like, yeah. Huh? They're all perfectly cut already. That's like, worth literally the, like bundled. That's worth as much as the fucking transfer itself. Exactly. <laughs> that's why when I got them, I was like, is this a normal service or did I get like white glove service? And she's like, no, this is how they came. Um, I got to write this down right now and remind myself because that, that just changed everything. 
The world is now different. I know. I'm like, hey, can I get like a thousand of these tags? And they come in like in a baggie, like already cut. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, today we are speaking with Josh Dykstra from Prince Green in Florida. Oh, yeah. 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 And we're late. We're bad yeah. hosts. Want to get this going? Oh, we didn't stretch, oh. dude. Man, like back of the neck headache right now. Hey, by the way, please um, give us a thumbs up, a like on yeah. uh, what's it called? YouTube and those things. Hey, what's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Pretty good. It's a beautiful, sunny, was it Wednesday? Yeah, it is. It Wonderful. is Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, it's always sunny here. Um, in Florida. <laughs> in that wasn't supposed to be a reference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you from Florida? Yeah. I'm uh, born and raised nice. Floridian. I hear you're in Orlando now? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, originally from Tampa, uh, but moved to Orlando last year. Is it Orlando? Are you, are you, a, well, I've heard that your wife is a Disney person. Are you a Disney person as well? Uh, yeah, no, um, <laughs> be honest. I used to be more so I appreciate like the history of it and all like, you know, I yeah. really like, like Epcot. I like, because there's just, it's just such a weird, like, the f- uh, yeah, yeah, that too. But like, I like the, the history of like the parks and stuff, but parks these days are kind of frustrating to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the struggle for me with Disney is like, uh, I like it, but it's kind of far and it's expensive. Like, it's easy to yeah. drop up like 10, 15K every time you want to go to Disney. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, you know, but I do love like just the attention to detail and like all the stuff. Like you go to yeah. any other park now and you're just like, you're you're comparing it to Disney. You're like, like this is not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I really like old school Disney, like dark rides and stuff like that. And like some of the rides they do nowadays are cool and all, but I like a weird looking animatronic person over like Spaceship Earth technology. is my and, yeah, Spaceship yeah. Earth is my favorite, and that's like the lamest ride there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. So you kind of have like a weird story. You have a like you have like a thing that we've never done before. So. Oh. Um, well, I don't know if that's totally true, um, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're into printing, but like you're you're not like you're not really like a print business. You're yeah, kind of in it for the passion and the fun, and you have like another job that's related. But yeah, um, so I guess can you tell us a little bit about that? Like how how did you get and how did you get to where you are? Hmm. So like, um, well, this is why I say I'm not totally different is because I started printing shirts for my band. And I mean, I know that is kind of a common thread. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that was really why I started is because I needed, you know, my band needed shirts and like being the guy that, uh, puts way too much on his plate. I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll just print them. No problem. Um, but yeah, uh, a little backstory there is, um, 
before printing shirts for the band, um, I didn't really know what screen printing was or like how shirts were like printed or like, you know, how the decoration was made or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, my wife and I, uh, girlfriend at the time, we were doing these like comic conventions and we would set up at like the artist alley and sell our artwork and stuff like that. And like, I used to do comics, like my own, like I used to write and draw my own comics. So we would like sell stuff at these comic conventions. And at one of the first ones we did, we met a guy named Jordan who runs fine print shop in South Florida. Uh, he's, he was doing uh, live printing at the show. And that was the first time I was like, Oh, you know, this is how shirts are printed. And I was like, okay. And he kind of showed me around and I was like, yeah, I could just learn how to do this for my band, you know? Um, so I guess shout out to him for kind of introducing me to screen printing at, at the beginning. You and your wife are both artists or have you always yeah. been an artist? Yeah. Um, so she's a, a graphic designer. I'm a graphic designer. And I mean, just in our spare time, we would both just kind of work on, you know, not always de uh, graphic design, but like illustration. We were always like creativity. Like we're just like looking for projects to do. So like I was really into comics at the time. So I would just, and I love storytelling. So write and draw comics or, or just like art prints and stuff like that. We would sell at conventions. Um, but yeah, I would say we would have an art background. Um, and yeah, anyway, so like printing kind of came from that and for the band, you know, and we would, you know, print just like one color shirts and stuff like real simple. You know, I ended up getting a starter kit, like real cheap starter. I think it was like a hundred and something dollars from like Ryonet and was it one of the ones in the boxes, like the screen printed box? It was like a ready to go. I don't kit. remember how it was packaged. Like this was like 10 years ago, um, like 12 years ago, maybe I'm trying to remember, but yeah, I don't know if they, I think like now they have like a box that's like that kind of like something you yeah. think you would get at like a Michael's or something where it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it was basically just like a, an MDF board with some clamps on it and uh all the basic like supplies you would need um and a dvd it was like uh, a one color press or or four color? yeah yeah one color yep yep uh one color just a you know clamped onto like a tabletop and all the basic you, you know do you still have that dvd no i have the press still <laughs> uh, i i kept i've held on to that dvd forever but like i don't know what happened so the one with it. like the globe with the r in the middle of it yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, starring Ryan Moore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was my first education on it. Um, but yeah, so I was printing for the band and like they were really bad prints, but you know, we, we made it happen. And I was printing out of like my dining room um, in, the, in our small bedroom or our small one bedroom apartment. Were you and, them with a heat gun or in the yeah, dryer yeah, yeah. or not in the dryer in the oh, yeah. in the that oven? Would be interesting. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. Uh, we did have a heat gun though. So all the you know the bare minimum basically. Um, yeah. But like I don't know, it got frustrating because I mean eventually that band broke up and I didn't really have a reason to keep doing it. So there was like a long hiatus where I wasn't printing 
until I got uh, like years later, we bought a house and, you know, with a garage. So then I had room to do it. And then, and then I kind of got back into it that way. And just like, it was, it was like 2019 into 2020, especially with the pandemic going on, I had a lot more like free time. Like I wasn't going out. So like, you know, just getting back into screen printing was just like a fun new slash old hobby of mine. So like, kind of relearned it all from the ground up, uh, bought a, a new press. Well, yeah, yeah. I, it was, it was still that beginner press, but they had since like done this four color one station, I guess the, mm-hmm. the Riley Hopkins Riley junior. Maybe, I don't know. I think it, they, they like number them now. I don't think they call them junior or anything like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they like, they're like one fifty, two fifty, like oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, Those so are the yeah, ones whatever. that we use for live printing. It's like yeah. single station four color. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still have that, and that's what I use it for. Um, I've done a few live events with that. It's super easy to just kind of transport like that. So before, from when you put it into storage to there, what were you doing? You you got into some other pretty cool hobbies, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, hobbies and, and side hustles, I would call them. Um, Basically, yeah, I was, we were still doing conventions and stuff like that from time to time, um, selling like art prints. Um, and then at one point I started doing enamel pins. Yeah. Um, because that was kind of like a, a new, like kind of, I don't know what to call it, like a scene, you know, like everybody loved enamel pins from like 2016 to like 2018, there was like a hardcore collecting scene. Yeah, um, Eric, our buddy Eric at Night Owl kind of got into that too. I think around the same time, like he was, yeah, all for enamel pins and yeah, yeah. Um, so I noticed I caught on to that and I started designing pins around that time. Um, and I was able to, you know, sell pretty good, like, I mean, it was, it was side money, but it became a little bit more successful. So I kind of stuck with that for a few years. Um, were you just selling them at conventions or did you have like an online store and like local markets and online? Yeah. It was under the name. Okay. Stuff. So like, I don't know. I think there's still an Instagram for that, but I don't really update it anymore. Um, but yeah, it was online. It was at shows and markets and stuff like that. Um, but this, the, the pin scene kind of died down for a little bit. So, um, you know, I, I was able, at one point I was able to quit my old job, which was like working in a warehouse. So I quit that and just, just all enamel pins. Yeah. And I was able to do that for a while. Um, awesome. but yeah, um, it was, it was doing very well for a while, but, uh, yeah, 2018, 19, it kind of started dying down. But that led you to another job when it yeah. died down? Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. So basically it was like, okay, I'm running out of money, so I need to get a real job. And that's when I, um, I don't know if I want to say where I work, (laughs) but like, yeah, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's in the industry. So I I got a job as a production artist, uh, working for like licensed apparel. Um, and that is, that kind of coincided with, getting back into screen printing because now I was getting the, uh, like the artwork setup side of it. Like I was learning it, like how to set up a job, which I never really learned before, uh, separating and all that. Um, so I was learning at it, 
uh, learning about it from that angle and, you know, uh, checking out the print floor sometimes is, is, it's, it was always really like cool to just see all of it being done. So like, that's kind of, that in a way inspired me to also like get back into the screen printing. So I'm curious as a production artist at this, you know, high level licensed apparel company, what we don't want to you... say who it is, but we can say that it's one that everybody knows and it's I would say so, yeah. yeah. It's um it's pretty yes. <laughs> you <laughs> might be able to guess just just based on locations and, and whatnot. Yeah. But... <laughs> but my what I'm curious about is that at that level, what is like your day look like? You know, and so what are you doing as a production artist every day? And mm -hmm. Because I mean, some of your stuff is sent out, you know, to other shops, mm -hmm. and so everything has outsourced. To be, yeah, yeah, like you have to be really buttoned up, and everything has to be super tight and mm -hmm. and right. Yeah, a know? lot of so, um, yeah. So there are a fair bit of like domestic print jobs, but there's also quite a bit of imports that we do. Um, so they're outsourced, and you know, part of the job is separating it, setting it up for um, domestic printing, but you know, if it's being outsourced like that, like imports where they're like cut and sew or whatever, um, those are not so much separated by, uh, by us. Um, but I don't know. It's also, it's also weird because the, the role has shifted so much. Like when I started, I was separating and I was like setting up all the jobs, you know, with super specific specifications and all that. Um, but eventually the separating became its own team, you know, so right. like it became split off a little bit, especially like high end separations. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of like really simple steps that we would do with just like simple type and logos and stuff like that. But also high end steps that are more like photo, uh, you know, you'd like simple process stuff. Um, but you were, you were doing all of that? Not not the same process, but the just your straightforward steps I would do. Now before before you were just a graphic designer and you were making pins and whatever, like mm -hmm. did you have any SEP training or anything before you got there? No. Like so what no. was that training like? What what did they did they just sit you down with somebody who does it and they're like, This is how we do it? Or Yeah, so I didn't nobody really sat me down. I just had a bunch of examples, previous things that have been done and an SOP. And they said, you know, there's standards and uh, best practices and stuff like that, that we would, um, you know, when it's, you know, on a poly, make sure it gets a migration blocker and it might get like an extra white depending on the shirt color and things like, like there's a whole list of like do's and don'ts, but it was mostly just, figure it out and if it's wrong you'll learn about it later on um you know there are people that are double checking these things too there's a whole qc team they'll, they'll let you know if it's wrong before it gets to the print floor that's kind of um, that's kind of interesting like even not just for that industry but just to hire somebody set them down and be like here's our sop like figure it yeah. out you know what i mean like yeah and that's only i only knew about the sop because i'm super like resourceful when it comes to that stuff i just dug around on the server until i could find it because i knew there had to be something that gave me all the instructions <laughs> because if i didn't do that it was just like yeah i don't know here you go figure it out you know illustrator right 
How many um, how many were on your team? Like were you the only one at that moment? No, no, other- no, it's a pretty big team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you count like QC and everything, um yeah, I don't know. It's at least like 20 people. Yeah, it's a pretty big team. Doing when that you stuff. when you do the subs, do you do like a tech pack with them? Like if it's going mm-hmm. with somebody else? Yeah, yeah. There's um there's like a whole art file that has everything in it. Um you know, with measurements and, and um, uh, the technique. And usually it's a screen print. If it's domestic, it, it's usually plastisol, sometimes water-based. Um, if it's outsourced, it's usually water-based. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it, it gets pretty specific. What all is in there? Because that's kind of like a high-level, I mean, what you can say, I guess, but like... It's kind of a high level company to make sure things are ultra specific going to a printer. Like they don't want to mess it up. Yeah. So what are some things that are in there that might not to like listeners of the show, like they might not have it in their mock-up form or their approval or their, mm-hmm. you know, something going um, to the production team. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of hard to uh, judge because since doing all this, like when I have a client that I'm printing for, I just, I started adopting those really specific details. I don't know if all of my clients care that much, like right. placement goes or what PMS colors. A lot of my clients don't care about PMS colors, but um, I, I have it all listed there because I'm just used to doing it in my day so job. I guess just what's on there. Like we all have our own ways of doing it. Like I know yeah. online I have like, you know, like, uh, like front placement, it's, I'd say, okay, this is two inches down. And I would be like, mm-hmm. the back is this. And I would say, mm-hmm. you know, the front is eight and a half inches wide. And then I would, yeah, I yeah. would have all the PMS colors listed mm-hmm. so that, yeah, they might not know, but it's also, it's in there. Like this is yeah. the technical, like what we're using. Yeah. I don't want to I mean, just say red, green, blue, whatever. Cause then that's yeah, yeah. nothing. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's got all that stuff. Plus it's just got some internal stuff, um, that I, I may or may not know what it's for, to be honest, because there, there are other departments, um, like, um, there's a product development, um, you know, they, they deal more with like, uh, and, and there's so much stuff related to not what's being printed. You know, sometimes it's more about like, um, if it's like a cut and sew job, you know, it's got like special color blocking and stuff on it. Um, that's stuff that I would never deal with on, it, on, you know, with like print screen, but like that's stuff that, you know, an outside vendor would need to know. Um, well, I've got a story of what we're going through right now with something similar. Uh, so we have a program that we print for a um, international brand, I guess. We print every week for them. And we're struggling right now because it used to be, we've done this for a few years. Like we've had this, we've done this program for three years now, I guess is maybe our fourth. And we struggle recently into kind of to Dylan's question. So what we get from them, because they're outsourcing to us, what we get Mm -hmm. from them is we get a production sample. So like one sample shirt that they ran. Um, Where did they run that sample? At their factory at their facility they ran oh, okay it. so i guess to explain it a little bit better we're printing the front we're printing the catalog stuff and they're printing backs um 
So they're doing that all day long. You know, they're printing the backs of the shirts, we're printing the fronts of the shirts. Well, and they're doing it on a large scale. But so they're able to print. I think they have a dedicated team to to um, you know print and produce production samples to get approved by everyone. And so like, yeah, that's a go. So we we receive a production sample. We receive the the art files already separated, sort of like what you're talking about. It sounds like you have an in-house separator that sends it that way. So we're not doing any of the separations. We receive mm. Pantone, you know, mix, uh, you know, colors and mixes, um, not the inks from them. So we are mixing here. And so we do all that. We set it up on press. We have a print order. We have um, screen meshes that are called out, right? Mm. And then yep. we print a sample on an actual shirt, a reel, like a final. And we have a ruler there set and it's set side side by side. And so we have the original production sample and next to it, we have ours and there's a ruler and it shows how far down because you were talking about like measurements, like you just said, Dylan, how, how far down from the collar. And so we have all of that, send them three photos. We send them one like close up of the actual R print. We send them one of the side by side and one of their... I don't remember something else. It's three photos. One just of and you, like your face. Basically, it's more than my you, face. You wearing, you wearing it? <laughs> <laughs> With nothing on, you're just uh, you're poo bearing it? Yeah. Um, and we try to like be strategic about this. And so we do it a lot of time. We do it either at the end of the day or, you know, at lunch. So because let's say it takes 10 minutes or 15 minutes for them to receive it and approve it and say it's a go. And 90 something percent are just go. You know what I'm saying? Like, looks great, go. But lately, yeah. it hasn't been that. Lately, and this is the third one to happen today, third one in, I guess, a week. We're typically printing five to six orders for them a week. Um, it was the third one to fail. And why did it fail? This is, why did it fail? Yeah. So here's the thing. And this is why it gets incredibly complicated when you are outsourcing something that you've printed already a sample in-house and typically what we do is we if, if one of their designs starts here it it if they reorder which they always do so they do a first they do a large order first right and then they come back later let's say it's a month and they'll um they'll order maybe one or two more times sometimes three and then they go to the next quarter so we're doing right now we're doing q3 stuff um i think that the hardest thing is, is that, and what we've already talked about and why we're going there tomorrow, me and somebody from the design team, somebody in the production, we're going there tomorrow and we're, we've requested a meeting with the ink department as our number, as our first person, first department we're, that we're going to go talk to, because it is incredibly difficult to match exactly all the time. And here's why, because what's not called out, for example, is squeegee durometer. And just, let's just talk about an underbase. So like if they're putting down an underbase with a sharp, like like with a, um, like this, let's say call it an 80 or a, who knows, a triple duro squeegee. And we're not because we use a triple duro low, like a 6290-62. It's going to look different. And if we have EOM that's different than theirs, it's going to look different. Everything's going to be different about it because your underbase is brighter or not. And the colors then are brighter or not. And so a lot of their stuff is muted. And it's supposed to be look and it's supposed to look distressed. And so, so, so that 
are your prints generally better than theirs? It's not about who's better. It's about just being on the same page. Because if they are, if they're choosing, if they say, hey, this is our EOM, done, that's our EOM. And this is our EOM, we're right at, right there, like right out of the gate, we're different. You know, or if, hey, we, if they have a standard at their shop that they're printing their render base with 70 Duro squeegees and we don't, we're right there, we're different. And so it's, we're going over there because it's been fine for a very long time, but for some reason, and I think I know why, number one, they have they hired someone else to approve. We, no, both of our shops have changed our white, our, what white ink we're using. That alone is a, is an issue, right? I mean, because. Yeah. If we're using one white and they're using a different white, I mean, that's a problem. And so I'm going to, we're going to go over there and we're just going to get to the bottom of this. I'm just like, Hey, cause we don't want this to happen and they don't want this to happen anymore. And they're really cool about it. Like they're very good to work with. Um, you know, they send over things in bins. It's never in boxes. So it's not like you're checking in. You're not like opening boxes and checking in. It's, they come over in bins on, on skids, you know? And so it's just like super easy like that. It's super easy because they never come, they never say, Hey, your prints suck. We want, are it these 10 didn't work like, or anything? It feels like if it's print shop to print shop, like, why wouldn't you have that info? You know what I mean? You'd be like, what I'm do you using mean? a, like, why wouldn't you say, like, oh, I'm using a screen that's a, you know, a 230 hydro with a one to one coat and I'm using a 60, 90, 60 squeegee and I'm doing 15 degree angle and the pressure's, 35 like if you're print shop to print shop it's not like you're dumbing it down for a customer who has no fucking like i would never put that right. on a customer thing but if right. it's print shop to print shop why wouldn't you just say yeah. these are my exact specifics like and they have that it's almost it's manufacturing like why wouldn't you give all the details that's why i was interested to hear what you had to say about mm -hmm. when dylan asked you like what how you sent out like you sent out this pack and i was like wait yeah. what are you sending out because i think yeah. we're missing a few things and that is like squeegee durometer you know what I'm it saying? could that get important. more specific for sure i mean because there's so many variable variables um but maybe maybe it's a little bit of like too much information for some of these like factories that we send off to i don't know um because usually what happens is we'll send it off we'll get it back uh uh like samples and we'll be we'll be like yeah it looks good or yeah do it again, you know, but I don't know. Maybe that's too much information. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's, I think in Andy's case that they're pre, like you're not pre-printing it. You're just doing the art and you're sending it off and you're like, they're a, they're a print shop. They can figure out how to make this art look. You know what I mean? I feel like that's a different story, but if they're printing it there and they're like, Hey, I want you to match this. Why wouldn't you give, it's like a fucking recipe. Like, why wouldn't you say, you know, like in a, in a cooking recipe, they're like, use softened butter. They wouldn't softened butter makes a big difference between softened and hard, like yeah. cold butter. So why wouldn't you just say this cooks better with softened butter instead of just butter, like add butter, like you would give the details. I yeah. think you're, I think you're right. And that's, so that's what we're going over there to figure out. And they give us a really good, I'm not saying they don't like it comes over really nicely we yeah. just need to take it to the next step, to the next level. And maybe um, I think what's happened, I think that um, I, I don't really know. I'm going to find out tomorrow. Let me just put it that way. I'm finding out tomorrow. I, I just was here. curious <laughs> if you had any insight on like how we could 
avoid some of this stuff and you know um yeah i think i mean i think you're right like there just needs to be more information um because those little variables that maybe uh they're not thinking about they're they're obviously not thinking about that so they just um uh it's like just creating a standard for the stuff that like the little details that make a difference Mm -hmm. yeah because they do they do make a difference it's like if someone was printing with even just different squeegee angle like the angle yeah you know say you're printing at 15 and they're fucking printing it flat like it's gonna look different like you're you're gonna have more detail you're gonna have even opacity it's different or speed squeegee speed okay so check these things pretend you have in your shop 25 presses and among those 25 presses there are four different manufacturers and also maybe they all weren't bought at the same time some of them are from 1995 some of them are for 2005 some of them are new and you say okay um we are going to print this order at this angle at this at this speed at this pressure that's going to vary i know that doesn't sound like it should but it's going to be different from press to press from manufacturer to manufacturer you think it wouldn't but it and in my but it's getting what, you closer to what getting you closer you but you can't really i know this is like getting really deep into the specifics but like if you called out i guess if you're i'm trying to put myself in their shoes if you call out a squeegee angle that might not really work over here let's say let's say we have you know totally different press i mean actually it's a little bit different from press to press at our shop yeah but that's kind of the same thing as saying like there's 50 different fucking ink manufacturers and i send you a design and i'm just like oh this is blue and then you print it with some random ass shade of blue that wasn't Mm -hmm. the shade of blue i was thinking i'm gonna be like what the fuck andy this isn't blue that i was thinking it's like well you're like you didn't give me right like you didn't give me a specific blue to use like that's yeah. what I'm saying is they could say the angle and the pressure and the speed that at least gets you in the ballpark of like you're way more narrowed down now to where you need to be than a, a wide range of make squeegee go down and scrape ink and screen like <laughs> fucking give me some details, dude. Yeah, um, they give us a, like I said, they give us a ton of details. I think we're missing a few and that's going to get us a lot closer um, and on the same page. And we're, we are going to have to record those, you know, for like our next print run. We record a lot of stuff here, but like print order and things like that. But we don't always write down our, hey, what squeegee did we use? And, you know, if there's a nine color job, what squeegees do we use on all nine colors? We don't always write that down. I think that's a, yeah. it's really important to log. And we are good at tracking a lot of that stuff. And that's so I have there's somebody starting here on June the 5th. She is going she has a master's and design and she's uh, starting here the fifth she's going to learn you know the design room and customer service and things like that and then somebody that's in our design room now has a really huge interest in all of this data stuff and um among other things and he's going to step into that role and so we're going to be able like we are we're going to like level up for sure um and maybe by the end of june july sometime this summer we're going to be a different company as far as recording our information and you know like Casperian built us this gorgeous dashboard to show I need it we use it every single day but we don't you know we we never meet about it and say like hey it's the end of the month let's look at our 
let's look at our performance and see how we did from press to press and all these sort of sort of things. We don't do that. And this is going to allow us to, you know, we've never had yeah. enough people to really get it done. And so like, I'm excited to do that. So I think what I'm trying to say is, is that we're going to get better at recording our stuff, analyzing data and be um, a better company. Do and they, we're going... do they, when you send the artwork to whoever's doing it, do they give you any feedback of how they did it so that what? if you send it to another printer? What now? This is a question for Josh. Like, as far as no. like you guys outsourcing stuff, like, does the the printer record back to you how they did it? So um, that if you had to send it to another printer, they would not that the same? I have seen. Um, if they do, yeah, that would probably go to somebody else. The people that are approving, because a lot of your stuff though isn't going to, like, if it's, I mean, I can say hot market, right? Like, sure it's going the same print is going to many shops yeah does it matter to you guys as much if they're all identical like um i mean they should be within the ballpark but like if they're on a rack somewhere or they're being sold like are they all supposed to be fucking flawlessly identical i mean yeah but i feel like there's a um a tolerance that is allowed but that's i mean i don't know i can't I can't speak to that because I don't personally see them coming back and approving them, you know? Right. So um, I can, because I've printed for your, for that company. Okay. And we followed some of the same procedures. So yeah, we had to set up the press, get it approved with a photo, you know, before we ever printed. Okay. And, yeah. And they say thumbs up, thumbs down. We got a thumbs up and there was not, they didn't call out squeegee durometer in yeah. there when they sent it over. They called out a lot of stuff print order you know where do you flash they had like it all laid out yeah how they wanted it printed yeah but squeegee durometer was not in there mm. um yeah and so i know that's like a, a small little tiny variable but it the matters thing with the, yeah the thing to i guess this i don't know this is super in the weeds but the other thing too is like you could call out squeegee durometer to somebody but is that shop squeegee durometer like is the squeegee sharp yeah who knows the newer old squeegee like there's a big difference between uh 70 duro squeegee that's sharp and a 70 duro squeegee that's dull as fuck like yeah that's true <laughs> there's just too yeah, many you know, variables too many variables <laughs> yeah but there really there really are too many variables so i i don't know i do feel like to go back to our statement i do feel like calling out as much information as you can would be super helpful printer to printer like i feel like it's not asking much to call those things out mm -hmm. i feel like it would help but yeah there is too much like you know i too many sent, i sent an order to tc um screen printing you know tyler mm -hmm. and it was, so it was a dtg order it wasn't a screen printing mm -hmm. order it was i've done that some, too we needed some dtg work done and I sent it to him and I felt like, like a dumbass, you know, because here we are, here we are, uh, like we require, I want to like a PO, it has to look, you know, beautiful. I want everything spelled out. And I bitch about that sort of thing. If it's not like, what's wrong with you? Where it, I, I texted Tyler, like, this time. I was like, Hey, yeah, I'm like, Hey, I'm sending you these shirts da, 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 and we'll get you a, like, um, like one of our, somebody from our customer success team, they'll email you what's coming and here's the art and stuff. And it was super informal and kind of almost half-assed because it was all in that's a rush. Why, 
that's why I don't deal with any of that anymore. I'm like, you're going to get better. You're going to get the service that I set up and demanded here from somebody else. I Not normally don't. Like, I, like, mine will be a piece of loose leaf with crayon. <laughs> and I said to Tyler, too, I was like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, you know, um, I'm sort of just like winging it here. Here's the stuff. Can is it you, you need more? And he goes, dude, we're all winging it. It's fine. He was like a pro in how he He's answered. So, and then he, yeah. I'm sure he like hung up and said that fucking moron, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. A <laughs> hundred million percent. Yeah. I was going to say, Tyler is like the nicest fucking human mm-hmm. being. Like. Mm. yeah he was definitely just you know throwing you a lifeline do you know he got robbed a second time i know i know within three weeks or something like that two robberies i was like do you just need to camp in there with a shotgun like no you would have a baseball bat i thought that's the dylan style yeah just bat that's all you need like a like aluminum um Okay, well, back. yeah, back. This was that we. I don't know where we went and why we got how we got there. Well, so anyway, you, you, you sent Tyler. You sent Tyler an order, and it. You have more to that story, isn't this the shipping debacle? Um, no, it was just the fact that we were talking about. Hey, we want to receive in perfection. Like, share all the details with us. And I sent Ty, like TC this like a like a piece of garbage. You know, like just a. <laughs> I don't even know. Like he was. He figured it out like and he did a good job. In fact, yeah. we have a reorder, which we're about to uh, place. But, you know, all I was saying is we demand perfection on incoming orders yet. I well, sent outgoing out, for like, Shirt Kong is fucking. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, yeah. from uh, my team, a napkin. Yeah. they would have done a great job, but I was handling it and it was a mess. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Josh, the cool thing is, is that you have this high end job. Um, How did that relate to you to your, I guess? I mean, it's a hobby, but also like you print orders for people. Like, is it a legit business or are you just kind of yeah. like, um, yeah. on it? I mean, according to Florida, yes, I have a business. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it started, I mean, like I said before, um, I was working at this, I started working here before I got back into screen printing and it sort of influenced me in a way to get back into it because I had been down to the print floor and I'm like, you know, this, this shit's all really cool. I just want to start doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. Inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when I picked it back up, I was just printing for myself again. Uh, you know, I'm always in bands. So like print for the band or just print for my own amusement or like sell shirts on Etsy or whatever. That's what I was kind of doing to begin with. But I eventually took on clients. I got a question for you on that. How, how was that experience selling shirts on Etsy? Terrible. (laughs) Etsy sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, they take so much of your money, especially nowadays. They, they didn't used to be that bad, but, um, and then they'll just like, the thing that really like pissed me off about Etsy is they just they start advertising your stuff like on Facebook ads, and then they'll like take money because of the ads. Like the some of the money they subtract from your sales from ads that I never posted. It's just they posted them and directed them to my page and shit like that. I was just like Etsy's Etsy, Etsy's the worst. I fucking hate them. <laughs> cool. Um. Well, you know, I never really sold that many. I sold way more pins on Etsy than shirts. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, and then I, and then I, uh, you know, like I said, I took on clients and I, I, 
moved away from that kind of stuff. So what did you take from, I mean, I know you're inspired by it to screen print and stuff from that, but like, what did you take technically from that job to what you do now? Is there certain things that you think you learned from there that, I mean, obviously you probably have really great steps and really great yeah. approvals. Yeah. I would um, say that's probably the most, uh, that I took away from it is setting up a job. Um, and, uh, just knowing and designing wise, because uh, I've moved into a more graphic design role at the company, not not like production art, but actual like concept creation, um, knowing what the limitations of screen printing are now. Um, you know, you can't just because when before I was just making art the way I liked it, you know, digital art. Can, you were making art the way that you just wanted to design yeah. it, not especially look at it yeah. now of like, it'd be cool if these colors didn't touch or like, yeah, this whole design is four colors instead yeah. of 12. And it's like, uh, cause I did a lot of Photoshop work before working there and you know, with digital art, the sky is the limit. You can do whatever you want, but when you're actually applying it to something that gets printed, like screen printing, like you have to keep in mind the things that you can't do. Um, or things that might end up looking different because of, you know, you know, that, you know the rip or whatever might change it. Maybe like the half, yeah. half tones and all that. Um, so yeah, I guess the job kind of like trained me in a way where it's like, okay, well, this would make a good, this would look good on a shirt, you know, uh, unless you're digital printing some of the stuff on a shirt, I guess it's fine. But I, I like to think of it more in, in screen printing terms rather than you know, DTG. Yeah. yeah. So all of that, basically, are you, when do you have time to print now? Like you have a full-time job. Like how, mm -hmm. how is it working? Uh, it's okay. I mean, I work, uh, I print after work on weekends. I mean, not every day, but you know, um, you know, if I've got something coming up, like a deadline coming up, you know, I'll just find the time to do it, you know, after work, after dinner and just kind of, you know, hammer and it's it at home though, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all in my garage. Um, and you know, uh, you know, I'm very deadline driven. So like, I don't have a problem just like getting it done if it needs to be like, if it's a tight deadline, but like, luckily I'm not too busy that I feel overwhelmed. Like it's, kind of in a spot where it's like I finish a job and then I kind of have one coming up right after that. It's not like multiple things going on at once usually. Yeah. But um, I would say it's a healthy workload. You have kind of been documenting some of that stuff for like YouTube. I have, uh, yeah. So the channel on YouTube is not print screen. It's Josh is terrific. <laughs> I love how that's a good name that you picked. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> it's like... Um, I've watched a couple of them. I mean, even before we were going to do this, like you had one yeah. on an exposure unit you made that was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess I... The, the idea for the channel isn't just screen printing. It's kind of just uh, my various endeavors, you know? Um, yeah. Screen printing is a big part of it now, now but like... I could talk about music on there. I could talk about um, 3D printing or whatever. Um, 
But yeah, yeah. So I like just showing the process of like, you know, coming up with a project and start to finish. So like the exposure unit is just like, okay, I, I want an exposure unit and let's just see if we can build a good one, you know? Yeah. Um, not like a really, really cheap one, but like a decent one that's, um, you know, actually, actually like that works. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, I had another question back to your job that we can't name. Um, is there like a big team just figuring out logistics constantly for stuff like that, especially with like the hot market? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's several departments and they all have their specialties. Um, production art, uh, where I used to work in production art, it was most mostly focused on just setting up files, uh, and tech packs and like separations and all that, all those kinds of things. Um, you guys, do you guys have to like figure shit out like really quickly on the fly sometimes depending for on market? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There could be, um, I mean, we do plan ahead like as much as we can. Um, but there's always a last minute kind of rush, you know? Um, but there's, you're basing it on like if whatever team wins, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. But you prep before that, like all the scenarios that might end up happening. <laughs> so what do you do with the ones that you guys don't use? Do you just shelf them? Oh, well, we don't print like, them. Um, no, I know what I'm saying. Like, if you're like, okay, here's a design that you, yeah. you, you created for a team that says they won the Super Bowl and then that team doesn't win. Do you guys just like, oh, that goes in a folder for like if they ever win? Uh, yeah, I mean, concepts get... Um, I mean, not really. We don't really use them. I mean, they just kind of just sit there uh, on the server. <laughs> they don't really get used, you know? Um, there's no point to, you know? The thing is, like, the concept is still being used. It's just not for whoever. It's just a different team. So they're both generally, they're pretty similar. Yeah. It's just it's a different yeah. team with different levels. Yeah, yeah. Different yeah, and that's what I... Yeah, and that's what I am focused more on now is creating the concept that can be applied to more than one scenario, I guess. And are you recycling them for other things too? Like other? Not really. No. Um, it, I mean, every season, every new line plan, like there's just new ideas being generated and developed. A lot of that stuff seems to be more like, uh, I don't know, has like photorealistic things. Do you have like a database of different like sports pictures and logos yeah. and um i personally have um resources for uh you know patterns and different elements that might be repurposed you know um you know we, we don't do too much like photorealistic stuff because there's always like uh rights that you would have to pay but you know when we do they're you know there's database and resources for that. I as think well. for um, hot markets type orders, you guys keep it simple, you know, more simple for that sort of stuff. Maybe yeah. the one Dylan, you're talking about, Dylan, is for just your other licensed printing that they do all year or all season, yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. it. But for the hot market, is usually pretty, you know, because they're sending this to a bunch of different printers and they, they didn't want it to go smoothly, you know, it's right, like you, like you don't want to send like a yeah. process print to everybody. It's all. I mean, it, it can be. There are times where uh, a design is so complex. It has ridiculous amount of colors on it that it's impossible to print it like normally. Um, 
I'm thinking of like ones that are just a huge amount of logos and uh, that needs to be separated. Like maybe this orange can be borrowed with this orange um, kind of thing. Um, the SEP team, the high end SEP team that's there now, they really hate it when we do stuff like that, but it sells. So I have a hypothetical, unless you have something else, Dylan, you want to ask? No, me? go hit me with it. Okay. This happened to us I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And so I wrote it down. A customer that you have had for many years comes to you and says that they're sorry, but their organization now has to get bids and that they want to stay with you, but your price is 75 cents higher. Do you lower your price and match the competitive, the other shop's bid? Or do you say, hasta la vista? Mm -hmm. Like, see you later. I mean, you know, we always talk about standing our ground and this is our price and we don't discount yep. and all these things. But let's say you've done this, you know, you've worked for this organization for six or seven years, which we have, and they want to come back here, but the organization. So this hypothetical isn't necessarily it's not, hypothetical. It's yeah. I was just going to say that <laughs> your own. <laughs> this is a real for me. And I don't, maybe it's happened to you guys too. I don't know, but this is, this actually happened here and I know what I did, but Maybe it's a hypothetical for you. I don't know. But, you know, it's a customer. They're not saying like, hey, we've been a customer for seven years. Can we get a better deal? They're saying, and maybe they are essentially, but they have a new president or whatever for their organization. They're like, hey, we're going to require two bids for all the stuff. And that's the policy they they passed and that they're that they're using now. And so they come here and say, hey, I, you know, we love you guys. We've used you. Your price is higher. I've got to go with somebody else, most likely, unless you can lower it. Do you lower it? Or you stick Gosh, to your guns. You want to go first? What would you do? Um, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, that's just. I'm no. I, I don't like playing that game. <laughs> I respect. That. I think there's. I think there's certain things that we look at when we get a customer who's picky on price. That I know right off the bat, like I'm okay losing. Like, I don't want to, like, I would rather be like, this is our price. But like, if it's somebody that, like you said, you've worked with for years that you still want to keep the business, but yeah. you don't necessarily like have to make full markup that you wanted to make. Like the first thing that goes for me, like with anybody, if anybody's looking for any discount or whatever, and somebody I want to help out is the markup on the blank. Mm -hmm. Like. I still have yeah. the mark that I want to make on the screen printing, but like the actual markup on the blank is like my instant wiggle room where I'm like, yeah, do this first, see what they say. And then if we still have to go lower, then that's where the next trick comes into play is like, realistically, if someone's bidding on a job, it better be a big job. Like, don't come to me bidding on a 50 piece order. Like, that's stupid. No, if it's so like, it's okay, this is going to be 5,000 T's or something. It wasn't then, five thousand. It was three hundred shirts. So three hundred shirts times seventy-five cents. That's what. So they're asking for two hundred and twenty-five bucks off your. What you, what would you pay last year? So, so say you do a one point what one point five or a one point two markup or something, depending on what the garment is. Mm -hmm. What does that equal out to be? Yeah, I know, but we do that for a reason. I mean, we have to. We order. It takes time to order the shirts. It takes time to check them in and. And if we we also guarantee those shirts, so if there's a hole in one, no, I know. Whatever, I'm just saying that, yeah. like, for me, that's the first thing to go. But then, like I said, back to the second trick is to then contact, 
you know, SNS or whatever and say, what's the best price you can give me on 500 shirts for this? Yeah, they're not, they don't budge shirt. on, for us, they don't budge on anything under a thousand, you know, we're, so this is only 300 <clears throat> shirts. Right. Um, I'm just so saying sometimes I, I, I've done I it where they're saying. like, okay, it's going to be three cents cheaper than it was before. Then I can mm -hmm. go over to them and be like, okay, like here's the shirt without the markup on the guard. I won't say this to them, but I'm like, here's the discount. Like we can mm -hmm. do this. And then for me, I know like I'm still mostly making what I want to make. It's just maybe the, the markup on the blank is not there. Um, but after that, I usually won't go any lower because I'm like, this is this. The, the My cost is my cost for a reason. Yeah. Wow. I feel like there's maybe a little wiggle room there, but I think there's a point where you just say, like, I think that there there's a service here that you should be appreciating more you know it's not just cost the hard part is is that once you do it they're expecting it forever mm -hmm. like there's not yeah, like this yeah. year we're going to do it cheaper but next year you have to pay full price exactly like they're it, like it, they're like okay all right next year we'll pay full price and then the next year comes along and they're like well last year you did it for 450 a t like mm -hmm. why can't yeah. we do that again well they got me on a vulnerable week <laughs> um, we, we've talked where it's come in waves. And so one week we're bonkers That's different, though. next week, we're not bonkers and they're at the front counter. They were in our shop and I, I was called over to, you know, Hey, can we, can we do anything here? And I said, yes, because I wanted that order. I didn't want to lose that customer. They're a good customer. They pay their bill. It's easy. Yeah. They don't complain. And when, you know, we're going to knock the door. Like That's a factor though, too. Mm -hmm. Like you're, it's an easy print job. Then mm -hmm. like if someone came to me and was like, what kind of discount can you give me? It's Heather Gray tees with black ink on it. I'd be like, fuck, I can run that shit in 10 minutes. Like mm -hmm. I'll give you this discount, but we don't think that when we're pricing, like it could be white ink on a black shirt. Like mm -hmm. it's still a one color print on 500 shirts. Like what would you rather do? 500 Heather Gray with black ink or 500 Heather Gray with double white poly or something you know what i mean sure, like sure so. yeah because we price it the same we price a right. you know white ink the same as black ink black ink and so sure yeah. um and that does factor into it too but yeah i was vulnerable i was weak i normally say <laughs> fuck you get out of here you know we're not going to do that but i do like them as a customer i understand what i understand their situation and why they're doing that if anything we should be raising our prices really with everything that's going on but yeah we are um like i said we were that was a slow week slower i mean we're still you know um it's just not bonkers i don't know how to put it it's not like we went home we're going home or anything it's just i think everybody's feeling it like hey there's certain weeks that it's very manageable and other weeks that are it's a little nuts and i think that's what we're the wave is what we're talking about but I don't know three weeks from now what it's going to look like. And so I said, yeah, bring, let's fucking print it. And so I lowered the 75 cents. And I I would say that last year, this exact time last year, the answer would have been no. I hate to say that because I want to keep them as a customer. I don't want them going to, you know, anywhere down the street. But um, I probably would have said no last year just because we were so busy. You know, yeah. Um, it's tough. That's a tough one, though. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think... One of the, like was the thing that you brought up that I wasn't thinking about at the time is like if you're you're slow, then it's just kind of like take take it like why not 
Like some work's better than no work to a degree. Like you don't want to give them everything, but you also like, if you're sitting around waiting for orders and you are still going to make money on it, but it's 75 cents cheaper than what it would have been. Like, I guess it's okay. I mean, nobody, I know the right answer is no, stand your ground. Don't fight to be, you know, don't do the race to the bottom, but it's also like, okay, cool. Well, I've got employees to pay and I got no yeah. jobs coming in. I so. feel like under certain circumstances, maybe there's some wiggle room like that. Yeah. Um, just to, to keep it running, you know? <laughs> yeah. You got any more hypotheticals or was that just the. I don't, I have a chat open AI, which I didn't even know. I meant to say chat GPT and okay. which I don't, oh. I don't know. Like I was, I don't know what I was thinking when I asked this question. I was feeling a little like uh, squirrely, but <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with anything. You ready? That's so I cool. typed I like in, um, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll pop? And I thought, well, um, it gave an answer. And I was curious if like you guys had a, maybe you could guess. <laughs> it's three. <laughs> it's yeah, three. Well but it's not really <laughs> it's not really but yeah, um, you, yeah. You, you bite it on a third yeah that, that's a lick right <laughs> okay so but if you're really gonna lick it how many licks it depends the anity there's too many variables it's the surface area of the tongue the, the was, durometer of the, the tongue. Durometer <laughs> right the, the, the amount of saliva the acidity <laughs> of your saliva like yeah you know there's you have a big tongue a little tongue Okay, so what's your answer? For you personally, Dylan, I don't know the size of your tongue. Um, Dude, it's, you know, it's it's short and powerful. Tongue. <laughs> um, standard tongue. You have to average tongue size. I can't touch, I can't even come close to touching my nose. Like, that's as far as it goes. Hmm. That's, no, that's no Gene Simmons. Yeah, but it's, you know, it gets the job done. Um, I'm going to go with one lick because I just don't take it out of my mouth. Full fo- no. Oh. No. Interesting. Okay, Does a fine. lick count if it's in and out, or is it just all in? I don't, I'm all in. I don't know about this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what's your answer? Dylan? We're Dylan's talking. answer is one. Uh, 500. Mm. One, one continuous power lick. <laughs> I like it. You can just spin it. Just sit there. And yeah, I'll just, keep, just exactly. Counts as one. So, um, Chet GPT says, the famous advertising slogan for Tootsie Roll Pop suggests that it takes an average of three licks to reach the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop. However, the actual number of licks required can vary depending on factors such as the size of the durometer. candy, the size of durometer. the licks, the durometer, the angle, the pressure, and individual Slider. licking style. But some study, sorry, some studies have suggested uh, that it takes 144 licks. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Josh is just a, he has less saliva. He's at 500. Yeah. So yeah. he's just like he's a, a dry, he's a dry liquor. A dry liquor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sandpaper. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> next question. Had <laughs> you all on the edge of your seat, I'm sure. Um, I don't have that. I just did one. So I don't have another one. Okay. But, um, Josh, do you have any do you have any statements or questions for us or anything that you want to share about your endeavors? Um 
Actually, I did have a question. Um, do you guys ever feel burnout with? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And how do you handle that? <laughs> well, you can finish your statement. Is burnout on screen printing or? Yeah, yeah. Well, running a business, screen printing in general, anything. <laughs> Andy, do you want to go? I can. Um, let's see. Off the top of my head, I would say that, yes, of course, I, I've. Uh, I mean, I think everybody does at one point, but I think so. Um, I think it's at different times though. Right now I'm, I'm good. And I think that's because I've, uh, I don't know, I would probably attribute it to just the team that I work with every day. Um, it used to be that more fell on me and I was pulled in too many different directions. And now I have such a, a good team that, um, I still. I still have a, a little bit of that, but the, it's just so much smaller that it doesn't, you know, get me to that burnout spot. And I'm also, I don't work as all, you know, as many hours as I used to. And so it's just much more harder to burn out. And how I handled it though, was, um, I guess pretty much how we, I think we talk about it a lot is, is I, I go home, wait for tomorrow. No, but for real, like I go home, have dinner, go for a walk. And yes, walking is because I, um, I work from home primarily, even with the uh, day to uh, the day job. Um, and working from home, I can, it's, you need outside, you need to go mm -hmm. touch grass. You need that walk is so crucial to like your mental, like well being. I mean, yeah, so I absolutely agree with Have you, this is a total side thing again, and we can go back to the question, but like, have you heard of this thing called grounding? Dude, okay, why did Joanne just tell me about this last night on our walk? Me and Joanne are going to ground next week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, not grind, you're going to ground. We're both, dude. We're and grinding while grounding. So she told me this, tell me if this is what you heard and if this is true. So she said that, okay, they did a study, or they, yeah. this lady, they took her blood, they drew her blood, and the, there was different stacking going on with the cells and all the bullshit, whatever it is. And then she they she went outside barefoot. No, barefoot. And, you have to be barefoot. That's not how you're grounded yep, to barefoot earth. And, and grounded to earth. I don't know for how long, maybe an hour. They took her blood and it was unstacked. So I don't know. Yeah. The difference of the stack they're saying like the, 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 they're saying well what it is and again it's you know whatever but like i'm into this stuff it's it's mm -hmm. it's interesting like certain things like that but it's like they're saying that like the earth has its own energy and mm -hmm. if you're walking around in shoes and all this other stuff you're ungrounded to the earth and that if you are barefoot and you connect your body to earth like more like a natural you know whatever that your it actually gives you like better like healing properties and like you know mm -hmm. all kinds of like energies to your body and your mind and your soul like all these things so anyway i just i just literally like saw a thing on it or like an article and, or and there's a study to back that i guess so the, I, the um, thing that i saw was literally like body scans and like like things with people that had ailments that are no more now because they continuously ground yeah themselves. josh they she saw this on facebook it's real 
All right. Yeah. Just <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I'd have no idea but, uh, if any of it is real, but I just thought it was interesting. Like I was like, it's how can that make about- total sense? I think that there's something at least on a mental level that like, um, just like do you think? it clears it's your like mind. It's like a placebo thing too. Yeah. Like, and, but that's all you need in some cases. I mean, exactly. That's like what I'm saying. I'm, like, if it works, I, it works. Who cares? Yeah. Like, what I'm talking about is like getting right in your head. You know, like yeah. when you're burned out and like you just need to go on a walk and it just totally. Dude, I'm a million percent behind that. I that's took the reason yeah. why I walk. Two nights and ago. Walk barefoot. Exactly. <laughs> I do not, but um, I made me for a maybe for a minute, that's an idea, you know, just to go out there barefoot for a minute. So two nights ago, we're on a walk and I swear to God, it was the most beautiful thing. I I stopped and I was just, this sounds like maybe super cheesy, but I was so grateful just to be alive and see the sunset because what happened, you know, when the sunsets happen where it's overcast and then all of a sudden there's this little part that comes through and the sun rays were going uh, to these, like hitting these clouds and it looked like pillows. It looked like 10,000 pillows in the sky. <laughs> and they were all lit He's also up high orange. as fuck. <laughs> I, forgot to mention, I forgot to mention that part. But I took a picture of it. I wonder if you can see this. I was going to send this to you, Dylan, and then I forgot. He actually never left inside. his living room. Fuck, it's right here. Okay, so check this out. Everybody who's yeah, listening how come to this, I, go how come I to this? YouTube. I don't know if you can see this. That's glorious. Yeah. Yeah. You see, and this not to, yeah, not to get cheesy, but I do that all the time. Like to me, I always go like I used to walk a lot at night, but it was like yeah, when the sun was setting, and I would always start walking when the sun was setting, and I would send Andy a sunset picture. Um, but I always like had that better feeling of like, you know, like this is I'm so small, and this like everything yeah. like nature is so like you know this bigger picture thing. I always did that at night though. Like if I walk the lake trail when it's like pitch black, like I can't even see my hand in front of my face, but like, I can see like the horizon and stars and stuff. It's like, yeah, for me, it's fucking stars. Yeah. For me, it's like late at night, clear skies, checking out the stars. Yeah. Yeah. Are human, are human beings the only animal that to appreciate sunsets or do like dogs or cats, like, like stop in their tracks and say, wow, a cow is a cow. Like my dog is out? not interested. <laughs> Doesn't give a shit at all. No. Back, to, back to the burnout question. Oh yeah. That. Um, <laughs> I feel like for me, it's not necessarily workload, or I don't know. I feel like it's more if I if I'm in the same rut for a period of time. Like I'm burnout if it's the same day-to-day task that I'm doing and there's no inspiration and there's no, you know, I'm just doing the mundane task every day of just chugging along. Like I get burnout on that. I feel like I could work balls to the wall 24 seven doing this industry, this job, everything. If it's every day is different, which is the appeal for most people to this industry because we're printing different designs every day, whatever. But if you're in a specific role, and you're not seeing those every day. Like for me, like I'm in the office, but I'm doing manager things or I'm doing marketing things or whatever. But like if I have no marketing things I'm doing and I'm just kind of doing the same like, okay, uh, you know, ordering goods or this or that. And it's just every day. And it's like, that's when I'm like, I'm losing my mind. Like I have to get out of it. But 
we mean Andy did an episode a couple episodes ago that apparently turned into like a personal thing for both of us. But um, the way my life was uh, for a long time was just like burying things down. Like, oh, that problem's not important. I'll just stuff it down and forget about it. I feel like now that I recognize that that's a bad thing, uh, it resets very, very often. And the reason why I laughed when you said burnout is because I feel like I had that yesterday. Um, and I needed to do the super long walk to like get past that and put my phone down. I think the biggest thing I deal with now is putting my fucking phone down. Yeah. <laughs> I've um, recently um made it a rule for myself that you know i'll look at my phone real quick in the morning but then i don't look at it look at it again until like i'm done with work um because just looking at your at the, the screen all day long it's like it just i don't know it fucks with my head i mean social media and everything is important to keep up with but like i think it really has an effect on my uh just my my motivation you know, to do anything, you know, it's my easy account, to get in a rut. My count is high as fuck. Like when your phone tells you like how many hours a day you're on your phone, like it's yeah. embarrassing to say yeah. like well, my numbers, but like my problem is, is like anytime there's a minor inconvenience or at my desk or there's an email that's daunting. The first thing I do like on an instinct is I just pick my phone up and I'm like, oh, I go to like Instagram or I go to some other app and then I just start scrolling on stuff. And I, I realized that I meant to look at my contacts to get a hold of Andy or somebody else for this thing, for the email I was working on, but something else grabbed my attention real quick. And then I realized I just doom scrolled on Instagram for 10 minutes. And then I realized I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? Like I'm watching a video about a guy welding. It's like, where did, how did I get here? And then I put my phone down and then 10 minutes later, I pick my phone back up again and then I just do it all day long. And it's like, I literally need one of those lock boxes with the timer on it. Yeah. Where like, it will stop me from reaching to grab my phone. It's just like an addiction. Like it's the habit and I need to break it. That's tough. I, um, I had to delete my Facebook because of all of that stuff. I couldn't delete Instagram because of like the business and all that, but like, Uh, I don't know. Like I have, I would have to make uh, a strong decision like that to like cut it off for myself. I don't want to cut it off. I just want to limit it. I want to be like, okay, like I'll check it before I start work. I'll check it at lunch and I'll check it at like when I leave work, but like it's the all day thing. I've had to make drastic decisions like that before because I know limiting it doesn't usually last for me, you know, for me. I get it. Well, are we ready for some quick takes, Sandy? Let's do it. So first quick take is best and worst thing about Florida. Oh my God. Um, I guess no income tax, state income tax. <laughs> We're talking uh, money. Lower property taxes, maybe. I mean, they're not super low, but the best thing about Florida. I mean, you have pretty good weather. Yeah, but I've lived here forever. So (laughs) it's like, it's so humid, you know, and hot that it's like, it's really not. I mean, I would much rather live in California for the weather than Florida. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really, it's really hard to pick a best thing about Florida for me because I've been here forever and it's just so, there's so many problems with it. <laughs> um, and I guess the, that, you know, the worst would be just how much of a joke and how right people are. It is, you know, like about people from Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Florida man, you know, politicians from here being ridiculous. I mean, um, yeah, not to get into politics or anything, but like, it's, it's a, it's kind of a shit show here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I mean, yeah, the weather's nice, I guess when it's not, you know, crazy humid. Um, you know, I would say there's probably a few months where it's actually pretty nice here. Are the winter months that we have. Yeah. The winter where it's like the coldest it gets here is like 40 maybe. Um, that's pretty cold for there. Yeah. That's pretty cold. Um, but you know, when it's like hoodie weather, like 60 something degrees, it's like maybe three months out of the year. Nice. I like hoodie weather. Uh, what is the most expensive comic book you own? Um, I have a near complete collection of the tick. Uh, I, I'm not big into like expensive comics. I just like the comics that I like. And I love, ones, yeah. yeah, I love the tick. So, um, yeah, just like the collection of it, I guess. Were you into the tick show and then yeah. like, didn't they do a remake or something? They recently? did. Um, so, I mean, obviously the animated series is, is a classic. There was a live action with Patrick Warburton that I liked. And then there's the Amazon show, which is okay. Um, I wasn't like, I can't remember. I wasn't totally into it because like, I didn't like his origin. Um, I could go on and on about that. You're one of those like, comic people that's like, yeah. well, it wasn't exactly like, yeah. Well, no, the thing with the tick is he has like a different origin, like in every iteration, but like, I like the origin where he's, he just came from the, he came from the loony bin and I can't remember what they do with the show, but it's not, um, I don't know. I wasn't really into it. It was okay, but yeah. How do you, you said you have a near complete, what, yeah. what are you missing? Just random little things I haven't been able to find. Um, you know, the Tick has a lot of um, small runs of like storylines, um, like Karma Tornado. You know, like there might be an issue missing from this run, issue missing from that run. Just stuff I haven't found. How do you go about finding that? You know, where would you conventions? Yeah. I mean, I've done so many comic conventions, and usually I'll go out and check out the other comic. Uh, like the actual dealers that sell uh, like single issues and I'll just browse, you know, the ticket isn't like a super, super popular comic. So like sometimes they don't have any, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been cool collecting find something you need. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Next question. Would you rather get bit by a tick or a snake? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I hate snakes. Tick, dude, all day. Yeah. Are you serious? No, they have lions. Bit by a tick, or who no. wants to get bit by a snake? Well, what if it's like a friendly snake? Like a, it's a friendly snake. What's a friendly like a, snake? Why are they biting doesn't... you if they're so friendly? <laughs> well, I should say uh, like a venomous, like one that's not going to kill you or something. Like, you know? Okay. I mean, like a, I'm still going with tick. Yeah, uh, all day. 
Yeah. I mean, okay, so Lyme disease, but like not all ticks have Lyme yeah, disease. Yeah, like you don't want that. So my other, sure. originally the question was, would you rather get bit by a spider or a snake? Mm-hmm. That's a better question, yeah. Hmm. Dude, hold on. Well, <laughs> Brian here is terrified of spiders. Um, and we always talk about this, like it always escalates to the point of like, oh yeah, but you looks like you got bit by a spider. Like it probably laid a bunch of eggs and then now you have a bunch of baby spiders like under your skin. <laughs> oh it just always escalates to that point. Yeah. So um I, I yeah. I I would still go spider probably. I think probably spider, yeah. Hmm. I, I hate both scenarios to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I don't like. I don't but yeah, but I so just, would you rather? So I mean, there's. I, I think spider. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, there's deadly spiders. You know. I know they're Yeah. It, well, are am I able to pick? No, no, no. What kind of? Yeah. It's one of those gigantic, like Australian ones. Well, it's like as big as your body. I, I, I know. I think I know even less about spiders than I do snakes because I've seen plenty of snakes here in Florida, and most of them are non-venomous. So maybe I'll take my chances with a snake then, hmm. like black okay. racers and stuff. You know what would like the like a sucky way to die is like a boa. You know, like instead of biting you, it just strangles the shit out of you. Like it just wraps around you a bunch of times and starts squeezing to death. Yeah, yeah. I almost want to get bit. Hug. It's like a horrible, like slow death. It seems like I'd rather just get bit. There was um, a movie called Anaconda. I was just gonna say Anaconda. Yeah, <laughs> with J Lo. Great movie. <laughs> really. Okay. Um, what is? Oh, that's you, Dylan. Mine's next. Uh, what are you watching right now, TV wise or movie wise? Um, I'm watching Succession, um, the third season. I think they're on the fourth season or the the newest season. Yeah, yeah, the last current season. Um, yeah, I've been watching that. Love that show. Um, I mean, that's TV show wise, movie wise, and just anything that comes across my radar. I mean, I'll, I'll watch anything usually but i think uh, my wife and i have plans to see guardians three this weekend pretty good starts off yeah. slow but it gets gets way better okay yeah i've heard some mixed things but mostly pretty good yeah and they do the first marvel f uh f-bomb yeah that's how i heard that yeah <laughs> yeah it's a it's a well-placed one too it's pretty funny uh awesome but yeah there's a new show i just started that i like a lot it's called the silo on apple it's about like a you don't really know actually it's like a uh like a post-apocalyptic kind of doomsday bunker silo but it's like a whole city's worth of people okay but they don't know why they're in there they don't know how the earth got destroyed they don't know because it's like hundreds of years and all supposedly all of their uh history was wiped out by rebels or something so like they mm. don't know why they're there but they don't also know like what's going on outside if they should go outside yeah it's, it, it seems pretty cool apple has some pretty good shows i need to renew my subscription yeah. to that but yeah yeah, there's apple, some good ones. yeah they have some really good shows andy you and joe usually have a good show or movie that you watched recently what are you what are you guys into uh we're just um, we're watching barry it's a long. Process. Oh, I, I need to start that, but I'm waiting. I'm so bummed, like, because those were only 30 minute episodes. 
And like, just when I'm getting into it, the episode ends. So like, I'm waiting for that to you just, just gotta be done. Binge it. Yeah. Oh, you're saying rather... you watched all of the past seasons and you're on the, yeah. yeah so yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Current we season, just yeah. started. So we're on. Season oh, really? Two. Well, actually we're on season two. So we're, I guess okay. almost halfway. It's good. I love Barry, but their, their so good. current season is, yeah, I'm waiting for it to be done. All right, Andy. What is for dinner? Mmm, it's Wednesday, so spaghetti, I think. I just saw a recipe for taco spaghetti. That? Don't make that face. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, is it just so, spaghetti and a tortilla? No tortilla. So somebody asked the same thing. No, no, no shell, no nothing. So here's, what you, here's how you make it. Just like when you're going to like start to make taco meat, right? So the ground beef, you can throw in some whatever you like, onions, green peppers, taco seasoning. Then you put in, and this is weird, this is like the weird part. Then you is put that in spaghetti, taco spaghetti. Basically, but the weird part is, is that they, you know how normally when you make spaghetti, you boil it in water, strain it, and then you have the noodles. Well, you put the water in the pot and the noodles in the pot. You know what I'm saying? With the beet, with everything else already. And then you let it cook down into oh, the so spaghetti. It's like, it's, it's like fucking hamburger helper. <laughs> yeah, it's like hamburger. It's hamburger. Yeah. It is. I think they have a taco flavor. Yeah. You're just, it's just hamburger helper is what I you meant to say. Have you guys you, have you guys heard of the hamburger helper? <laughs> have you guys helper? ever had no. the hamburger helper? Yes. <laughs> no, like but three it's, days ago. Um, but you put more shit in it. So like you put cheese in there. Oh, here, I forgot this ingredient. It's you take fancy a packet. You take a packet of ranch dressing mix, you know, like yeah. um, you know, the powder or whatever, dump that in there. Mm. And then I think a little sour cream. And then I forgot the one more thing, a can of, of a can of crushed uh, diced tomatoes or something. Boom. Taco spaghetti. It looks, it looks really, really good. I'm going to send you the, the, uh, I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> I'm going to call hamburger helper hamburger macaroni from now on. Just because <laughs> that's what it is. When we yeah. make hamburger helper, we actually add more elbow macaroni to it to just have, more in there but um that's all it is yeah wow Taco i like it it sounds good mm. i'll still eat it but mm -hmm. i don't know we're about to grill here i think i think we're gonna have hamburgers and hot dogs and play video games after work so nice as soon as we're done with this i gotta go fire up the grill oh yeah but uh josh thanks for uh thanks for coming on here man yeah. uh, i love what you're doing i love the print screen stuff i bought your pins before Awesome. Um, yep. I've got more planned. Keep making the videos. Keep doing ideas doing. and videos. Yep. I've got more in, in the pipeline. Just got to find the time to do it. What's the, what's your Instagram? Is it at print screen? But it's yeah, spelled it's, differently, right? It's um, print screen. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like the, the key on a keyboard. It's kind of like what the branding is oh, also. Yeah. Um, so print screen, screen printing um, is the app. The Instagram handle. Okay, um, sweet. Yeah. So go check him out. Um, and thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, dude. Yeah, thanks, we'll Josh. See you. Yeah, see you. All right, see you.